Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. The movies this week are Satan's Little Helper and The Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. That's not a Batman reference. Drink special at the counter. You can get a Satan's Little Helper that might get you through your dark night of the Scarecrow. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Not, not all of us live like fat cats, Brian. <laughs> $30 in two days is quite a bit, actually. Especially down there, yours and your guys' food way cheaper than ours. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I'm just randomly throwing out shit, too. It's not like I... Uh... Go longer. Go two days a week of that food for like a month. Yeah, Noah. Just don't eat on like Wednesdays and Fridays for the next month and you get to go see John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> Just uh, tell, tell the woman it's a necessity. Like you have to go. It's for the show. It's for the show. <laughs> and it's more like $40. So. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. But use the thirty dollar number when you're selling it to her. Yeah. That is that is a a significant chunk of my entire monthly budget. <laughs> ah, sad times. I would just uh tell the woman to pay for it. Look, look, you knew what you were getting into when you signed up. (laughs) I may use you for money now and again. Buy the John Carpenter ticket, sugar mama. I'll tell you what, if you buy one too, I'll allow you to go with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This is like a blueprint for, like, how to get bobbited. Like... (laughs) Like, he's like, how did the whole John Bobbitt thing happen? It was something like this. Oh, it's probably this, yeah. You might want to be a little cautious, too, because you don't really need to get yourself thrown out right now. Yeah, yeah, then I'd be homeless and unemployed. It'd be double bad. Then it'd be be Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with no food in order to pay for a hotel room. Noah throwing out the relevant references. John Bobbitt. Hey, I'm old. (laughs) Uh... Everyone knows John Bobbitt. Kids these days must still know the John John Wayne Bobbitt story, right? Probably not. No, probably not. What's that? What's the name of that football player that beat the shit out of his wife in that elevator? Uh, War Machine. No, that's an MMA guy. Like, uh, I don't. I feel like you're not being specific enough. I don't. credentials People may not know this, but Noah doesn't sport. 
Uh, Brian doesn't either, but this footage is amazing of him just beating the shit out of his wife in this elevator. That, that doesn't sound that amazing. That sounds horrible. No, it's amazing because not... he just acted like it was just a regular thing, like no big deal. And when the doors open, he just drags her unconscious body out into the lobby and just sort of like leaves her there. It's it like, looks like oh, found footage from like a horror movie. And uh, did not get kicked out of the NFL either. Badness. Yeah. Just, you know, See, I don't, you can do whatever. The NFL shouldn't even be involved in that because he should be in jail for that. And therefore, the like, yeah, by, def- by definition, unable to play football. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, at all. like, all around, like, nothing. Like, nothing happened. He had a little press conference saying, yeah, I shouldn't do stuff like that. And his wife was like, I forgive him. And that was, like, it. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? I don't really, I don't really understand why you don't go to jail for that. It's not Ray a Rice. big deal. He's hit me way harder before. Ray Rice, that's his name. So instead of John, instead of Bobadid, you can say she could go all Ray Rice on me, and that's a more relevant um, reference. If you decide to push your luck and get Ray Rice, I insist that you post so. the footage to the. Facebook group so we can all enjoy watching her drag so, your limp body out of the elevator. So, so are we talking about trying to make uh, uh, more relevant references while we're reviewing Dark Knight of the Scarecrow We're trying to get mainstream here. We're really trying to dig into the heart of the zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now go watch this video. Friday. Watch this video. Of this shit get knocked out in the elevator. Yeah, I've seen it. It's unpleasant. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know. I'm gonna watch it again. It's no. You need to watch it. It's insane that like this happened to people, and no one got in trouble for it, even though it's blatantly on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Now, see that just that sounds horrible. Like. <sighs> I don't. I don't want that in my life. I already know it exists, so I don't need that taking up space in my brain. <laughs> well, should I send you the picture of Ellen DeGeneres looking at Katy Perry's boobs and getting in trouble for it when she posted it on Twitter? See, that's because pretty awesome. They said it was sexist to look at her boobs. Yeah. Wait. That if that if a man did it, like he would be like reviled and have to have like a press conference and. Yeah, they don't yeah. seem to be able to apply common sense in our society anymore. Yeah, we can't we can't talk about that either because that's one of those topics that everyone's wrong. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Well, there's I, no there's no the, correct answer. It is a black pit of darkness that can only drag you down deeper. The the picture I saw of like Ellen DeGeneres with the Katy Perry's boob there, and underneath it said like sexist or harmless fun or it's a double standard or harmless fun and I'm like well it's it's kind of both because I think it's kind of harmless fun but I also think that it, if that were a man it would be treated very differently so there is yeah. a double standard but and I feel like the big like, difference I don't, is, is that her and Katy Perry are friends and Katy Perry's in on the joke so she's okay with it well Whereas, that's yeah that's probably relevant in some way she's not yeah. like Katy Perry's boss yeah. Katy Perry doesn't have to do this in order to get a job. Yeah. I don't know. 
Ellen DeGeneres is one of those Hollywood elite fat cats. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Corey Feldman was talking about her. Dun, dun, dun. I don't don't make me laugh about pedophilia by suggesting that Corey Feldman's been subtly hinting at Ellen DeGeneres this whole time. All this time it's been Ellen DeGeneres. Here's here's the problem. You have to you have to contextualize that joke. It's not funny because it involves pedophilia. It's funny because it involves Corey Feldman, and Corey Feldman's a weirdo. Yeah. I thought it was funny because it implies that, like, somehow back in, like, the 80s, when Corey Feldman was, you know, being the victimized, then Ellen DeGeneres was, like, an up-and-coming stand-up comic. Somehow she had control over this actor. <laughs> it's like all those stand-up comedians always throwing their weight around. <laughs> <laughs> Using their tens, their tens of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Using their ability to carpool from one club to the next against everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so uh, apparently he's now trying to crowdfund a, a documentary about Hollywood pedophilia. I, I support yeah. that notion. And and insisting that it's going to be revolutionary and change everything. But here's the thing. The documentary An Open Secret came out like two years ago. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. Like, yeah. and if you really yeah. want to change everything, he could literally just say, "Hey, this is who raped Corey Haim," and that would be like the end of it. But well, unfortunately, I don't think it would change anything because people have made it pretty clear that we only care about stuff like that for like fifteen minutes, and then we just yeah. kind of let it go. Unless, like. It's so it's you so random. You already don't like the person. All all that all that matters now is if it trends or not. Yeah. If if you get accused of something and it doesn't trend, you're innocent. <laughs> and if it trends, you're clearly guilty. Of course. Yeah. Like that's that's the weird uh, mechanical existence that we live in. We, we are in a dystopian future. It is. It's like it's like trial by combat. Through Twitter, it's like <laughs> trial by well, likes. Yeah, if you were if, innocent, if you why would it be trending? And you're yeah. like, that's, everyone's like, would look at you and go, "That's kind of a good point." It's like, Can, oh, it's not though. Cannot you see, sir, that you received ten thousand brownie faces and over four hundred thousand shares? <laughs> There's that red face that denotes uh, anger as well. So obviously guilty. <laughs> throwing off all the metrics. No one knows if anybody's innocent or guilty anymore. The funny thing, they added all those emoji things. Still no dislike button. Yeah, I know. Because disliking things is mean. <laughs> we, don't need to be mean. But, we don't need to be any meaner to each other than we are online. But, Look at how we talk to each other every week. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, all right, should we actually uh, do a podcast, I guess? I guess, yeah. Um, so if you're a fan of this show, big surprise this week, New Horror, etc. Yes. Did you know about it beforehand, unlike last year? No, I did get the I got the notification that Anthony Mann wanted to rejoin the Horror, etc. Facebook group, and I went, oh, he's probably going to post a, 
some of the stuff he's making and try to sell it to the fans. <laughs> and I'm like, well, technically I was right. <laughs> but, Why did know. he unjoin? I don't know. Anthony is a dramatic individually. I'm not going to go up and ask him, like, hey, why did you choose to voluntarily leave this Facebook group? Because I don't want to have that four-hour discussion. (laughs) You know what one of the funny things is? I don't follow horror, etc., so I have no idea what any of you guys are talking about. Uh, Put up a new episode. It's been like a year since the last one, so it's a big deal. Everyone's excited. So horror, etc. started about a week either before or after the drunken zombie did. Oh, okay. And Horror Etc. was super awesome. And Doug was on Horror Etc. every once in a while. Which is how Doug got into podcasting. There you go. And then they just stopped doing episodes because uh, Ted got really bored with the horror genre because nothing good was coming out. So he kind of went away. And then randomly last year they put up an episode for Halloween. And randomly this year they put an episode up for Halloween. Oh, that's nice. And people are super excited. <clears throat> they were the podcast that we told drunken zombie listeners if you like intelligent discussions on horror films, you should probably go over to Horror Etc. <laughs> I remember in the early days of Horror Etc., every episode they'd use the word cerebral at least three times to try to explain <laughs> to the listeners what they were going to get. <laughs> and like some of the episodes, that was perfectly correct. <laughs> and other times, it was not. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, super excited. I got to listen to a new one. They talked a lot about it and other Stephen King properties. So, so if you're a horror etc. fan and for some reason weren't paying attention to Facebook, you can uh, go listen to a new episode of horror etc. right now. So, uh, you're probably going to shut this one off and go listen. But... Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet, but it's probably a better podcast than this. Well, I mean, yeah, let's horseshit. This this podcast this episode hasn't even happened yet, and it's already way better than this one. But you know, it's not a competition. You can, you no. can listen to both. Exactly. It's Please. totally a competition. <laughs> yes, for all those uh, smiley faces you were talking about earlier. Right. Do you know why they are only putting out one episode a year? Because that's the day I don't put the diarrhea juice in their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> for a podcast you had no idea about until like five minutes ago this is like a weird well very well weird. i poison i poison all of the other podcasters <laughs> just in case <laughs> i just throw i throw a very broad net it's not working that well i mean uh, but yeah apparently tens of thousands of people are immune <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nice. Um, so since we are in the holiday season, I came up with the idea maybe we should uh, do a couple, a couple movies that take place on Halloween just to kind of get everybody excited since this is going up the day before Halloween. Um, and then they refused to do the worst witch. Yes, yes and Ernest did. scared stupid. Yes, well, and, like and Elvira, Mistress. No, <laughs> we did calm down because. <laughs> Not not all not all of those are off the table. They're just not happening this week. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just pointing out that we had a really fun conversation of me just yelling <laughs> random stuff and you guys going no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one of us yelled a random one that turned out to be an episode for today, and that may or may not have been a mistake. So, 
we'll uh, we'll get into that soon enough. Um, so which one do we do first? Do you want to do Dark Knight of the Scarecrow or Satan's Little Helper? I would say Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. We're probably going to have more stuff to talk about with that one. So okay. you can base your decision off of that. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to be diplomatic. Just just make Noah tell, give a plot description of Dark Knight of the Scarecrow and we'll move on. <laughs> All right. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Noah, why don't you tell us about Dark Knight of the Scarecrow? Dark Knight of the Scarecrow is a made-for-TV movie with a sweet-ass cast. And uh, it's basically about a group of vigilante dudes who murder a mentally handicapped guy for pretty much no reason. And then his vengeful spirit comes back to kill them all. Right? Yeah, That's I pretty guess, much I it. I guess that about sums it up. Yeah, we can get into some more specifics because he doesn't kill that many of them. I would like because <laughs> the insane jackasses start killing each other off far way through the movie. Well, and, and I was getting ready to say the funniest thing is if you look up this movie, almost every description of it is it says a made-for-TV slasher film. Yeah. Would you gentlemen categorize this as a slasher film? Because I most certainly would not. Uh, yeah. I think it, I think it has slasher aspects, but I don't think it goes full slasher. I think it's closer to like a, a like a poltergeist movie. Sure. There's, I can see the um, argument, but there are supernatural there, slashers. There are. There's reasons, I think, maybe it's called a slasher. But I don't... I don't some of it contains a little spoilery stuff of why that I will, we'll talk about when we get into spoilers, I guess. And as far as that I go, I think this movie would probably be a slasher if it weren't made for TV. Because if this were going theatrical, they would have just ramped up those deaths and ramped back the screen time mm-hmm. from Little Girl and moved them in, in slasher territory then. See, sure. I, I, I still don't know, though, because uh, I, I don't... In my personal definition of a slasher film, it's kind of a up-close and personal killer guy killing people. Like, that's just part of what a slasher is. There is, in fact, a a slasher killer in the film and in this one while there are moments of something like that that really doesn't exist it's it seems more like an ethereal ghosty thingy killing them yeah you're not wrong but yeah, on the other not. hand but plot, yeah, like- plot wise the film very much follows the slasher template they do something wrong they the guy comes back and gets him for it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the template. Now, the fact that he's, I don't know, non-corporeal and has random assorted powers, depending on when you're, when in the film you tune in. The um, ability to turn on machinery. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 literally most of what he does. That is most of what he does. <laughs> but sometimes, I don't know, and part of this is because I watched it on YouTube and the quality wasn't great. And I ended up having to watch it in two parts, but I feel like some of the times there was like a scarecrow getting behind the machine, getting behind the machinery and turning something on and other times it was just happening magically. But I, I'm not sure if I can actually point to scenes where each of those things happened. Yeah, I was going to say, you never see him in, well, smaller right. territory. Yeah, so let's get into it. So, 
Yeah, so it does open with uh, uh, Larry Drake playing the aforementioned uh, mentally handicapped character. The late great. Yes. Um, And he apparently hangs out with this little girl all the time. And I don't remember what his name, but the, the, the post office, the post guy, apparently has a huge problem with this for no reason whatsoever. Well, the thing is, his reasons seem valid at the beginning of the movie, but his behavior later in the movie makes them, like, the opposite of valid. Because at the beginning, they keep acting as if they assume something weird is going on if an adult hangs out with a little kid. Sure. And, you know, basically, it can't end well, is the assumption. But... I mean, their their behavior later in the film contradicts the the notion that they're out to protect, like... Like they see themselves as like the town protectors, but the mailman is Otis, by the way. Oh, Otis, yeah. So we get the impression that they have like actually chased him before with the intent of like doing something to him, uh, but he somehow escaped their grasp, and they just like, well, I guess we'll, we'll get him next time, and then they just never. And now they're looking for a reason to kind of go after him again, which is what. A simple-minded man playing with a young girl? No, we've got to stop this. He has that weird 80s mental illness where you're an adult who just acts kind of like a kid. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and so, of course, while they're playing, something bad happens. A dog attacks her, and then uh, Bubba saves her life, but then, like, runs her up to her house and with her in his arms, and his first word is, his first words are, Bubba didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to say uh, the old uh, Tropic Thunder rule applies here. <laughs> that, that you don't go full uh, retard. And, and and Larry goes full retard. <laughs> it's a little, it's a bit much. It's a bit much, but it's also that we, it's such a, like, this isn't, how mentally handicapped people behave like there's no like i mean i guess there probably are some mental handicapped people who are just act at a much younger age than they are but this idea that like i don't know he almost has like like the the old like retired strength and all that kind of stuff like all those just those stereotypical things in the 80s we just assumed about mentally handicapped people that are just clearly not true he's acting like this weird stereotype of that he's very much lenny from of mice and men just sure. you know, love stuff so much that he kills it by accident sort of mentality. Yeah. Uh, which I think is what they're leading towards with him hanging out with this girl. But um, It does seem yeah. like all those other guys have seen like the Of Mice and Men, the movie version. I don't think any of them read a book. No. So they all read, they all saw the movie version and they all just assume that that's what happens if you let a mentally handicapped <laughs> person around a little kid. Eventually it's just going to kill her. It's just do, you guys, do you guys think the flower scene at the beginning was an homage to Frankenstein? Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it was pretty heavy-handed. I thought it's one of those interesting things because in 1981, where people didn't all own copies of Frankenstein, it was probably only like real horror fans that would have picked up on it, and that's why it's so heavy-handed is to like draw attention to it. But then I think it's just really obvious watching the film now for the first time. It's like, yeah, you're just laying that on pretty thick. <laughs> Uh, so of course this spreads throughout the town pretty quickly because it's one of those small midwestern towns and uh, so everybody decides we're going to round the posse up because he obviously and, and the 
the rumor is the girl's dead. Like, oh yeah, she's dead. Like, he killed her. Let's go get him. So they chase him to his house, but of course his mom has done like, let's play the hiding game, which means he ran and hid somewhere. And uh, so they come looking for him. And apparently he's done this before, but this time, this time we got dogs. We got dogs. This is so crazy. I look how you're just openly mocking their like weird accents. <laughs> well, they did. They do have one of the greatest people ever to play that type of person, uh, Lane Smith. Who yes. Lane's? Yep. If you need somebody to play a a country folk esque person of age, Lane Smith. Like <laughs> you just, yeah. you might as well just cast him. Like it's the. Well, not now because he's dead, but sure. Well, uh, come on. Did you did you guys notice the uh, the odd settings in the film about how the dirt kind of looks weird and all that? No, because it's it's clearly supposed to be set in the Midwest. Yeah, and and it's the whole film shot in California. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. They yeah. even uh, I was reading they went to uh, Texas. To record the sounds of cicadas to, to layer into the background of the movie to make it more convincing that they're in the Midwest, even though the dirt is like gray and bone dry. <laughs> yeah, this is going to shock you guys, but I don't always notice if the dirt is authentic when I'm watching movies. <laughs> yeah, it's just me and Noah live like in a farming area, so it's a little okay. bit more noticeable. Like yeah, there's nothing that would grow yeah. in that properly. Basically, you know the the that's clay mix, and in Illinois, it's all topsoil, which means it's like pitch black. Like the dirt is black, 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 black. <laughs> I feel like you're nitpicking the film at this point for complaining about the dirt. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. I just thought it was funny. It's just a funny little thing that they did. That they were like, yeah, we can fake it. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, so they track him down, and apparently he's hid in the uh, scarecrow that's out in the field. Which is a really clever hiding spot. Yeah. Without the it's dogs, the, they never would have found him. It seems like he maybe has done it before. It's like I mentioned, they, they've said, they, oh yeah, we lost him in the field before, but this time we got dogs. We got dogs. <laughs> so, yeah, they find him, and they decide, let's shoot him. So they all just like unload on him. And then like immediately, like as soon as like the gunshots are not like the the uh echo of the gunshots is not even out of the sky yet, and the radio goes off like, Oh hey, this has been canceled like half an hour ago. Turns out the girl's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best the best line, funny thing is he saved her life. <laughs> it is so weird where it's just like, all right, call off the vigilanteism. <laughs> turns, turns out no more vigilanteism because of the uh, the girl turned out she was okay. So it's I so strange. Gonna, I was gonna say flash to that court scene in which that court scene seems so ridiculous, but the fact that people seem to actually get away with shit like this all the time <laughs> where where they're like we had to defend ourselves. He was shot 23 times. <laughs> he, he had a pitchfork. <laughs> what? You were chasing yeah, him. 
he had a pitchfork and you shot him 21 times and somehow yeah. you're defending <laughs> yourselves? Yeah, yeah, you were hunting him with dogs. <laughs> him with dogs yeah. and you, you seem to make a habit out of hunting him with dogs. It's not This isn't the first time. That's why you brought the dog. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And so they get away with it. Like the judge finds them not guilty. And apparently, like, the entire town is okay with this. There's, like, people celebrating out in the hallway. Just like, oh, we're so happy for you. You beat the law. Great. Fantastic. They just, I, I think the general consensus is that uh, people didn't like dude because he was different. Like, that's, <laughs> oh, that's totally what it is. Yeah. He's, he's different. He's dead. Who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the impression you get, too. I think the, one of the most telling lines in that scene is, like, the, the judge calls the lawyers up to the to the bench and he's like you know these aren't criminals these are like members of our community and it's like oh just because they're good old boys who happen to see you see them around town every day then i guess they can do whatever they want that's a really strange attitude for a judge to have yeah yeah but here judge let me rewind the movie for you and show all the scenes where they were so happy that they got to be part of the vigilante mob maybe that'll change your opinion yeah I'll tell you what, I, I did think it was a little weird that at the beginning they set up, like, uh, the the other three characters to be sort of reticent to the murder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they, they weren't, like, wanting just to gun this guy down. They just got caught up in the, the moment. Why is it after the trial, all of a sudden, all of them are like, ah, we killed the guy and got away with it. <laughs> well, you know, they all seem pretty happy with themselves. Fried chicken. <laughs> My favorite part of the of their behavior after the trial is every time like two of them are talking, that what's his name Otis is like gets all mad at them. He's like, you can't be seen together. You look guilty. <laughs> what? How do you look guilty just by talking to each other? How do they... off? Oh, they're having a conversation now. Then they definitely killed the guy two weeks ago. Yeah, they're so, definitely talking about how they killed that guy. Totally. Like, because these, like the fact that they shot him is never what's in question, right? It's so weird. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, yeah so of course the girl wakes up wanted to know where Bubba's at eventually says that Bubba talks to her all the time and then uh, yeah like Noah said they start getting picked off one by one but before they do like a scarecrow shows up in their field and scares the living shit out of them one of the disappointing things about this film is is that we don't get a lot of the uh, scarecrow walking around killing people because that scarecrow design is actually pretty freaky. Oh yeah, if that scarecrow was in your backyard, you'd be scared shitless. If you woke up in the morning and just looked in your backyard and that was just there. Yeah. Also, am I the only person who, even though I knew this wasn't true, what I really, really wanted at the end of the movie was for it to be the little girl killing them <laughs> because that would have been awesome. I kind of did want it to be that. Yeah. I have a soft spot in my heart for killer children. Um, <laughs> well, just the fact I, that she's like, yeah, you killed my friend. <laughs> I know what well, you because, did to Bubba. What's his name? Like Otis starts like accusing her. And that's where I was saying it, their behavior is completely inconsistent because he's now ready to kill the little girl. Um, which was funny because it's like at the beginning of the movie, he's being all protective of her. <laughs> but when he starts, like he's ready to kill her because he thinks she's the one that's been pitten. Been, I, um, I was going like, to say, I was getting the insinuation that he was never out to protect her, that 
he was just upset that she was spending time with someone else because he might be a menacing pedophile. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really pick up on that, but it wouldn't be that far-fetched. I do. I will say, like, Charles Durning, or whatever his name is, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, that plays Otis, like, yeah. that actor has always seemed like a menacing pedophile to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that, he just kind of naturally comes off that way. Um, and so I, yeah, I can see why you would think that. I was going to say, listen, if Marlon Brando's sister accuses you of being a pedophile, <laughs> you are a pedophile. Uh, all right. So yeah. do, we wanna, do we want to start getting, <laughs> getting into some of these deaths? I'll, I'll tell you what, for being like a PG made-for-TV thing, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think they did a good job of walking the line with this movie where it is something that you could just you could have on TV. You could, I would even say by 80s standards kids would have been allowed to watch this. Mm-hmm. But at the end there but it is still the horror still feels real. The kills still feel pretty good. A lot of cutaway shots and stuff, but that's fine. I'll tell you what, they they were using a weird term for something that I'm not sure if I understand it or not. Were they calling what I would consider to be a wood chipper a thresher? Um, I feel like those are two different pieces of machinery. They're, they're two yeah. very different pieces of machinery. <laughs> but I swear, in the, because they're like, he was out threshing all day. Of course he fell in. He was drinking. Well, no, I thought they said that he, was all wood, he was chipping all day, but maybe he maybe maybe they did say threshing, see, I don't know. I think maybe, it's maybe they said that, chipping and it was just the bad sound quality. I heard something different. Yeah. I feel it's possible that the Hollywood screenwriters don't know that much about farm equipment and didn't put that much thought into this script. Um, much like the dirt. It's like if you're looking for it, you can probably find lots of flaws like that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll ask, like, how what how did you end up watching this movie? I know, Doug, you said you watched it on YouTube. I watched it, I watched half of a stream on YouTube and then it got taken down for copyright fringes. So I watched a different stream on YouTube to get to the end of the movie. So two very different uh, picture qualities as well. So what about you, Noah? YouTube. All right. Um, yeah, I got the Blu-ray of it. And, oh, sweet. And uh, like it's beautiful too. Um, I might have to pick that up. And the. Uh, it's on uh, Amazon Prime through Fandor, I believe. It's one of those channel subscriptions that's like $3 a month. So and it looks like they, they sourced it from the Blu-ray as well. So picture quality was super awesome. So kind of, I'm kind of bummed you guys had to watch it via YouTube because the quality on the Blu-ray is amazing. Well, you, you sent us a link to the YouTube. I know. So. <laughs> I know. I was just saying. I think... I think sometimes it helps, though. Like, this one, it's a 1980-something made-for-TV movie, so I feel like watching it low-res is the way it was originally viewed. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and one of the YouTube streams I used had, like, tracking through it. Like, so it must have been a VHS rip or something. And I think that added to the enjoyment of it. Certainly, had I seen this movie when I was younger, I think that would have really done a lot to help with the nostalgia factor. Mm. Cool. 
what was you guys' favorite kill moment? Um, I say the the guy who gets buried in the grain bin. That's it's such good. a like fucked up like way to to die. Essentially, drown in grain and and be there and be present like the entire time. Because yeah. the the bin's like empty when he like goes to hide in there, and then uh, uh, the scarecrow like locks the door and then starts up the grain conveyor belt thing. And so it's completely empty, and he's just got to sit in there and, like, freak out until he's just completely buried, and there's, like, one arm sticking out of the green, and that's it. I uh, I really like the bulldozer chase scene. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's got to go to the wood chipper, just yeah. because that cut to slapping <laughs> raspberry preserves on a plate. <laughs> Genius. Yeah, that is that is about as good a PG gross out horror as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, I was I was chuckling at that transition. I, I think all the kills were fun. I'm gonna tell you guys what my favorite one was is when Otis finally turns on his partner and kills him <laughs> with a shovel. Because yeah. what I love about it is so telegraphed and it for some reason takes so long to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, in case people yeah. haven't seen the movie, he, he convinces him to get down in the grave and then he kills him in there and then just reburies him. And I just love because he's like, You got to get down in there. You got to. And he's like, I don't want to go back down in there. You got to. You got And it's like so obvious what's coming. And it's just like that character is so dumb. He can't figure it out. But the rest of us are just like, Do it. You know, with I, the also, I also like the fact that whenever he pulls the shovel back, the bandana's like stuck to it. No, yeah. no gore, no blood, no anything. Just, just the bandana is magically stuck to it through it. <laughs> Invisible blood adhesion. Yeah, it's those little touches that make you appreciate a film. I was gonna say they do, they do do a good job of that. Like, you, obviously, they're not gonna show any blood or anything, but a couple little things to let you know. Like, yep, this, uh, this has some like. Uh, some gore to it without actually showing anything. Yeah. And uh, I think the other thing that really ramped this one up for a made-for-TV movie and especially for a made-for-TV movie from the 80s, the acting is pretty phenomenal. Like, it's it's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that, actually. I think like, the cast is strong. Like, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of faces that you'll recognize... Um, you know, Larry Drake, I think does a he's a bit over the top in moments, but he does a good job of playing the mentally handicapped guy. Mm-hmm. And the the older woman who plays his mother, like I thought she was really strong yeah. in those moments that's, where like, that's that's Jacqueline Brando, that's Marlon Brando's sister. Okay. Oh, okay. So you weren't you weren't just making a joke that she kinda looks like Brando? No, no, no. I no, I was literally that's I was trying to figure Marlon out what the Brando's joke sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's good. She's she's like very strong in the in the role. Like there's the moment where she's trying to explain to them like he hang he hangs out with kids because his brain works at the same level as theirs, and he's, she's like yelling it at them. <laughs> and it's like I, I really felt bad for her. And it, there's not a lot like this movie is a little campy. There's not a lot of where I actually genuinely feel bad for the people. But in those that moment, I'm like that's a mom who doesn't want to watch her son get killed. And I yeah I can understand that. I guess some parents feel that way. 
And even the little girl did a pretty good job. Yeah. Considering usually like children actors are kind of not good, but she was really good in her role. Even though she's kind of the one to blame for all this, it's all really all her fault. Yeah, she did climb that fence after Larry Drake told her not to. Yeah, she broke into that person's yard to check out their fountain. Got ate by a dog. <laughs> by the way, if you've got a big, vicious dog, have a fucking fence with some more slats in it. Because <laughs> there is nothing holding that dog in that yard. <laughs> no. <sighs> and it was cool to see uh, Larry Drake just completely bust through that fence to save her. I just like the idea of little girls just walking down the street and sees a fountain. It's like, I'm going in that backyard because they got a fountain. <laughs> and it's like, who's, like, where are her parents in this whole ordeal? Oh, <laughs> uh, kids just wander around town with the mentally handicapped guy again. I just, just let her go. What if she sees a fountain? It'll be fine. It could be worse. There could be a pedophile mailman staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> You know what else I noticed was a little dig at the post office is that like the mailman lives in like a boarding house. He can't even afford an apartment. <laughs> like is that like just are they just mocking the post office at this point? I don't know. I do like I do like the fact that uh, to represent the government official with a inflated version of self worth and stuff that they went with a postman. <laughs> and he only ever wears his postman uniform. Yeah, why is that? Was there, was there a line of dialogue I did missed about why he can't afford other clothes? No. He's just that important. He's got to wear his uniform 24-7. See, he's even wearing it, I think, when they go to the graveyard to dig up the body. Yeah. He just takes the jacket off. <laughs> well, if the cops pull up and try to stop him, he can be like, oh, it's okay, I'm a postman. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like that's small town, right? a little bit yeah. of authority like you have, the, you have the ability to deliver people's mail so well it doesn't help with the Halloween party when he's like accosting the little girl and like a security guard like shows up and shines a flashlight in his face I, like, I party's do, out front I do like that the the two interactions that they have with the police in the entire thing that the police are competent in the film <laughs> Because in horror movies, the trope of the idiot police is just, it's kind of overdone. For sure. Now, they're not that competent because there are people being murdered all over town and they don't seem to be doing anything about it. Well, that no, that was the judiciary system. They were all arrested and arraigned. That's a good point. <laughs> just different yeah. level of corruption in this small town than in some of the other small towns we've seen in movies. <laughs> Yeah, so we get Lane Smith falling into his wood chipper. Uh, we get that other guy falling into the grain bin. Then, like Doug brought up, the, the two that are left then to prove to... Uh, I don't even know what the mechanic's name is. I want to call him Cooter, but that's the guy from uh, Dukes of Hazard. Is it Skeeter? Uh, Let's just maybe. go with Cooter. It's better. <laughs> uh, he starts freaking out and wants to leave. And he's like, look, let's go to the... For some reason, their plan is like... Otis thinks like, oh no, Bubba's still alive because the girl said she's been talking to him even though when I said he's dead and she's like, yeah, I know. Which that girl has some kind of some creepy lines in this movie, which was awesome. Every now and again she delivered some that were just like, uh, why is that girl talking to ghosts? Nobody else in the movie's talking to ghosts. It's a little weird, right? 
Like I said, yeah. I wanted her to be the killer. So bad. So yeah, him and Otis go to the, or him and yeah, Cooter and Otis go to the uh, graveyard and dig up his body to prove like, oh, it's Bubba's Bubba's not actually dead or whatever. But even though we don't get to see it, it turns out he is dead. So the dude starts freaking out. And that's when Doug points out that Otis comes up with this plan like, well, this guy's obviously going to cause too many problems. So I'm just going to kill him and throw him in this grave and just bury him and nobody will even know. Isn't that postman brain to think on the fly and just be like, if I kill him right now, I can just bury him in this grave. Don't have to dig another one. <laughs> Convenient. And then, yeah, as Government he's... Workers always trying to find a way to shirt the work. <laughs> as he's uh, driving away, that's when the girl runs in front of his truck and he chases her to the to a cornfield only to be met with a tractor and yeah. certain certain doom. I was going to say, in, in the uh, when the, the tractor's coming at him, the the visual of the tilling blades uh, smushing up the pumpkins, yeah, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job of like we like we've already been saying like for a television movie, sort of a way to let you know like this is some bad shit that's going on, even though we can't show you kind of what it is. But here's sort of a. Uh, metaphor of, of what's happening right now. Yeah, you can really tell the difference between a, a made-for-TV movie from back then to one from now, because yeah, it, this is clearly designed to be watched with the whole family in the room, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you can't do the blood and gore and stuff, right? You know, it's not like a cable channel would do now, where you just ramp up the blood and gore. But it's also not like a little kiddie movie where the parents are going to be bored. It's designed for everybody to have to watch it together, and therefore they... Uh, it. Yeah. Um, all right. So the big thing, which I was talking about earlier, um, about you know them describing it as a TV slasher or whatever. Uh, there's one slight difference, which I guess if you guys watch it on YouTube, I'll have to ask you if the shot was even in there. Um, cause they actually reshot like one small, small, like clip to put in the movie when they put it on Blu-ray because of something the director wasn't happy with when they, uh, when they premiered it originally. So in the original cut, when he's running from the tractor, the tractor just starts up and chases him, and then, you know, into the movie on the Blu-ray, they, uh, they filmed an extra scene that shows the gear shifts like moving on their own. Yeah. Yeah, that's yes. in there. That was in the one I saw anyway. Yeah. So that was not in the original version. The original version was played up to be a little bit more ambiguous if it was supernatural or not. Because um, the uh, sort of the thing that the uh, the group of men think that that this might be the DA dressing up as a scarecrow and uh, killing these people because he's really upset about them being set free. And he told them if he could find a shred of evidence, he put them on death row and then they start dying not too long after that. So the director wanted to make it very much a more supernatural film. So that's why he shot the scene of the gear shifts moving on their own, which then solidified like what was going on. 
rather than being a little bit more ambiguous. So that may explain like the slasher tagline. That it was so originally... was the. I was going to say, is was the original ending where you actually see the scarecrow move? <clears throat> you see that... him move, but you or don't know. You don't know if someone's in just dressed up as a scarecrow, or if it's like actually. Uh, supernatural scarecrow. Ah, okay. Um, I think it works better as like a supernatural slasher, so I'm perfectly fine with that. But yeah, yeah. If nobody's seen it, I highly recommend the Blu-ray. It's got lots of cool stuff on it. They uh, they cleaned it up like it's beautiful looking. And uh, the funny thing is, uh, the director told me. That uh, you know, you said they went to Texas to get cicada sounds. Yeah, yeah. They actually went and re-recorded all the cicada sounds, <laughs> like, like in they had Illinois. To get a cleaner. They had to get yeah. a cleaner cicada sound. Yeah, so that it sounded like more <laughs> where it's supposed to be from. So yeah, they did a lot of work, like to put this out on Blu-ray, and it definitely shows when you get to see it. If, when you get to see it, it's like that's awesome, super awesome. So big recommend. So overall, like, what did you guys think of this movie? I mean, everybody seems pretty positive on it, but I'm just curious, like, how you well you thought it was. Noah? Um, I am hard-pressed to think of a made-for-TV horror movie that I like more than this one. Hmm. I really can't. Like, it's a solid, all-around horror movie and the only thing I would want more of is you know I'm a gore guy so I would like to see a little more blood and guts but it's made for TV movies so you don't get that anyway mm-hmm. so I, I got no complaints cast cast is really good the acting's good the story's interesting the kills are fun the ending's good like I don't there's I don't have any complaints nice what about you Doug yeah overall I'm, I'm pretty positive on this one as well I think um it kind of does a really good job of walking the line, having just enough camp in it, um, but still being serious enough that, say, like a, a younger audience or somebody who watches fewer horror movies might actually find it scary, which is kind of an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have no nostalgia for this movie because it's the first time I've seen it as an adult. I think if I had nostalgia added to it, it would just be a movie I loved. As it turns out, it's just a movie I like quite a bit, mm-hmm. which is still kind of an accomplishment for a made-for-TV movie from that many years ago. Nice. Yeah, I never saw this until it was released on Blu-ray however many years ago. Um, I was at, I think, Horror Hound. And all of us drunken zombie guys were there. And they were actually screening this. And so we're trying to figure out what to do. I'm like, well, this Dark Knight of the Scarecrow movie screening... Or it's like 5 o'clock, so we go get something to eat. And Randy's like, yeah, let's go get something to eat. Fuck that movie. And so we went and ate. And then we were going to see something. I think Martyrs was playing after that. After the Q&A was done. So we went back to the room to like get seats. And they were finishing up the Q&A. And they had the Scarecrow's like face like up on the screen during the Q&A. And Randy's like, holy fuck. I didn't know that's what this movie was. He's like, I couldn't remember. I didn't know the name of it. I saw this when it was on TV, and I loved it. But like, I never knew what it was called. 
I didn't realize that he would rather have go have dinner than watch the movie he'd been like wanting to see ever since he was like seven. So <clears throat> he was pretty pissed at himself. But they were there selling the Blu-ray, so he went and bought one like right away. But yeah, so the first time I, I bought the Blu-ray and the first time I ever saw it was through that too. So I don't really have any nostalgia, but I think it holds up really well. And it was one of those movies that like nobody thought anybody cared about. But then, like, fans kept, like, sort of talking about it. And when the director found out there was people who would actually, like, be interested in it, they, uh, you know, went to work on uh, getting the rights, you know, getting the rights back to it and then cleaning it up and stuff. So I think they did an awesome job. All right. Should we move on to Satan's Little Helper? Absolutely. So, Doug, you brought this one up to the table, so why don't you tell us about Satan's Little Helper? Uh, so your basic plot line is it is Halloween. There's a messed up little kid who has dressed up as his favorite video game character. The favorite his the video game he plays is Satan's Little Helper, where you are you, you play as Satan's assistant. Um, and he is... It's not really clear if he's if there's something wrong with this kid or if he's just dumb. I think there's a lot but, wrong with this kid. I think there's a lot wrong with the whole family, but we'll get into it. It seems an awful lot so, like he kind of wants to plow his older sister. There's yeah, that. He, he, he does want to plow his older sister. That's an issue. Um, but it's called out in dialogue, so therefore it's still fucked up. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. But then the but mom anyways. and the daughter have this weird thing where she likes... She's helping her dress up, and she wants to make her daughter's tits stand out, and they like to spank each other on the butt when they're, like, being, like, goofy and weird. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Sorry, continue. So anyways, older sister and boyfriend have come home from college for Halloween. Uh, Little brother's not too happy about that because, as mentioned, he wants to bone the older sister, doesn't like the boyfriend being around. So he uh, storms off on his own. He finds somebody dressed up as Satan, and he seems to think he's playing a game where he wants to be Satan's little helper. And he's, but it turns out the Satan is actually a killer who's going around town killing people and hanging their bodies up as Halloween decorations. And then things start to get weird because um, start to get weird after the. After they basically he, he brings Satan back to the house with the idea that Satan is going to kill the sister's boyfriend, um, and after Satan takes the sister's boyfriend out, uh, he comes in and everyone assumes he's the boyfriend, but just in a costume, uh, and he sort of just takes on a role in the family for a little while, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean things come to a climax when they basically figure out, wait a minute throughout most of the movie we've been thinking that's the, that's the guy I came home from college with but it's not yeah so that's kind of a plot description <laughs> yeah yeah um, like I mentioned I thought the family was very weird like what the fuck is Amanda Plummer doing in this movie I don't know She's which is, a, which is a, it's, a, it's a major plus by the way I fucking love Amanda Plummer <laughs> I do too but I mean did she owe someone a favor or 
need to work off some uh, some charitable hours or something. <laughs> I think I just think she doesn't charge a whole lot to be in movies, and I think she'll be in anything you pay her to be in. I guess. I don't know. I'll just, like I'll just say it up front. I, I was not a big fan of this movie, so I was just shaking my head like Amanda Plummer. Like, what are you doing in this movie? It just seemed like she could have spent her time better elsewhere, but what do I know? Um, yeah, like I said, I thought the family was just weird. Yeah, the, the kid wanted to, like, he specifically says, I want to marry my sister someday. Yeah. Which then like, Amanda Plummer says, you obviously haven't learned what the word incest means yet. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> uh, Noah, what did you think about this movie? Uh, so, really positive in some ways. <laughs> and, and not so positive in other ways. So, I I like the idea of the movie. And I like a lot of the things that happen in the movie. That little kid is one of the worst fucking actors that's ever been put on screen. Like, he single-handedly just destroys moments in this movie. Where, where like, it starts to pick up steam and you're like, yeah, kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, hey, 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 that looks so cool. And you're like, shop you little fucker. (laughs) 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 Fucking little Damien son of a bitch. Fucking, (laughs) and how stupid. Like, so not only is he twisted, weird, and perverted, but how fucking stupid is that kid? (laughs) He's pretty bad. It's a special level of stupid. Yeah, like over over the top stupid. And especially toward the end of the movie whenever we start getting into the whole gag of the the murderer changing clothes <laughs> and essentially doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> and and that stupid little kid just going, "Oh. <laughs> nope, this time it's different." <laughs> yeah. But but like I said, I really like I like the killer, and I like most of the stuff that involves like the killer and the sister and the mom and all that stuff. It's it's just the kid, the kid fucking the kid almost single handedly. If this was like a ten star rating scenario, that kid lowers this movie three and a half stars <laughs> on his own. It's it's his fault. Three and a half stars fall off just because of his presence. You're better than me. I gave it two stars on Letterbox. What do you, yeah. what'd you so, think? So you then? didn't like the kid. I hated. I hated um, the kid. I, I think overall, I liked the movie. Like I would totally like buy a copy of this and watch it every once in a while. Not not like every year, but maybe you know pull it off the shelf whenever it's nice and dusty and watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm closer to Noah's level of positivity than I am to Brian's. I have a an interesting thought on this film, and I don't think it's a horror film. I think it's a parody of all of the stupid little Halloween specials that my nieces and nephews made me watch back in, like, 04 when this came out. 
which they all had like the same joke, which is that like you know they think there's a werewolf. The kid's dressed up as a werewolf, but it turns out he really is a werewolf, and they bring him to the party in his costume. Like that's that joke is in everything. Oh, we we think we found somebody dressed up as a witch, but it turns out they really are a witch, and it's just and it was annoying in in the made for TV Disney Channel. Halloween specials that existed back when this came out and I think they're clearly mocking it and in every one of those you have the family where that's sort of quirky and weird and mom and dad are always trying to be cool and I think that that explains all the the issues you were having with the with the behavior of the adults in this Ryan I think that's what they were doing I think they were just openly mocking this other stuff now maybe the audience of people who would be watching this movie and who would be also know what they're doing is minimal. But that's, that's how I kind of saw it is like, is as a horror film, this, this movie leaves a lot to be desired. The kid is very annoying. The plot doesn't really make sense because it's not really clear how he, whether he thinks this guy is really killing people or whether he thinks it's a game. And if it's a game, how is he, how can the kid possibly be so dumb like, how does he walk around the house that are just running into walls if he's dumb enough to think that this guy killing people in front of him is a game? Like, it's... It... Which, even for 2004, the graphics on that video game are deplorable. Well, I think that's just because it's a low-budget movie. And they yeah, don't, I know. But they, still. they don't have the... The fact that they had the ability to create anything that they could show on screen is kind of fascinating. <laughs> this film has a certain charm to it in the way that it's just it's kind of like it's kind of like watching an old made for tv movie where you're like part of the charm is the is the unintentional campiness and the the bad acting and things like that that i kind of enjoy watching in a halloween special and i and i i got that out of this and like i say i think they were parodying a lot of the sort of modern day halloween specials that were going around at the time and Kind See, of just I, making fun of what a Halloween special was. Yeah, the uh, I guess the thing is I didn't have to watch those in 2004, so I guess I did not understand that it was like a parody of that. Yeah, even if it's unintentional that it's a parody of that. So I don't know. It just it, I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. See, I thought it was entertaining. Like I, I think I had a a good time watching it even even in the parts where I was <laughs> staring daggers at that child wishing he would die <laughs> it is hard to get around the kid he is bad and I mean I don't know it's an independent film starring a child you expect it to be bad but he's particularly bad but I thought some of the stuff was funny too towards the end where like Satan has now He's killed the father off and he takes the mom and takes her to the party that the mom and dad were supposed to go to together and nobody figures out that it's not him even though it's all their friends at this party and for some reason like when the the boyfriend and the sister are going to go and save the mom they have to stop and get costumes for some reason on the way because he's like I have to get a costume in order to get close enough to use this and he holds up a gun it's like well that's sort of the whole pointy guns you can use those from quite a distance <laughs> And of course, they put on like ludicrous costumes to go into battle with that you would never wear. Yeah. Could have just grabbed a simple mask, but and uh, of course, he he recognizes her shoes, so it blows the whole 
costume thing apart anyway. Shoes are very important visually in this movie because that's how she figures out that <laughs> Satan isn't the boyfriend too. Because there's like a lot of unnecessary dialogue about how the boyfriend's father, who he doesn't get along with, used to have a Japanese girlfriend, and that's why he like cannot go into somebody's house with his shoes on. He just can't do it. He can't bring it. It's like you could have just said, "Oh, I, I have mud on my shoes, so I take them off when I go inside." That would have been like a way simpler way to get that across. <laughs> uh, I would like to let our listeners know that the little boy's name is Alexander Brickle, and he was in two movies in 2004 and has never worked again. He probably read one of his own reviews. Thank God. <laughs> what was the other movie he was in? Uh, the Palindromes. Oh, that sounds horrible. All right, never mind. Um, I will say the. Uh, Anybody else think? I will say the sister. Uh, yeah. I believe played Jake's mom in the Dark Tower movie. So I think she is in that. Yeah. I was kind of surprised when I was looking at her IMDb, and I was like, "Oh shit." I just saw her in another horrible movie this this year. <laughs> she's a pretty good actress, though. She's fine. Yeah, she was fine. I think all the acting is fine, except for the kid, to be honest. I thought the killer especially did a good job of acting through that, like, costume mask, especially. Yeah. It's all your fault, Doug. Uh, again, I... We're two out of three of us enjoyed watching this movie, so nothing's my fault. I get credit for su- suggesting this. The guy, the guy who played uh, Satan, was yeah. in one episode of Sex and the City and one episode of Law and Order, all in two thousand and four. This movie destroyed these people. <laughs> well, I, I don't feel this movie was necessarily getting the highest quality actors. I don't know if uh, having Jeff Lieberman direct is necessarily like when people see that, they're like, oh, now everybody's going to flock to that indie script. Yeah, see, I was a little disappointed when I clicked on, clicked on his IMDb and saw that he directed Squirm. Yeah. Which I wanted to see after uh, my double feature this weekend, which I'll get into later. And Blue Sunshine, which I've also been wanting to watch. And I'm just like, oh, God damn it, yeah. but then he directed Satan's Little Helper. Like, what the fuck? But he directed Just Before Dawn as well, which is actually a pretty good slasher movie. No, see, I've not seen that one, but now I want to see that. You said it was a good slasher movie. It is, it's a pretty good slasher movie. It's... I don't know. This, I'll tell Standard you what, this movie fair. does seem to, if you get on, like, uh, review websites and IMDb and all that kind of stuff... Satan Silver Hulper seems to have a pretty ravenous following behind it. Mm-hmm. Which well, part of that is I've always heard positive things about it, so that's why I was kind of interested in watching it. But I don't know. Like I said, it was. I think it was. It was fun, and it was entertaining. Which are the two my two prerequisites for liking a movie? So I like it, but I just don't. I can't give it the credit that a lot of people do because. Man, that kid's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think this is like a good movie. I think it's a fun movie to watch. I think it's a fun. It's fun to watch it parody and kind of be a, a an adult version of every stupid kid's Halloween special. You know, every time Victoria Justice accidentally takes a real witch to the party and then she's doing magic at the party at the end of the movie, that's. That this is mocking that, and I'm glad they're mocking that because those things drove me nuts when I was like, had to watch them all. 
Um, but I, I think that, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised to hear you, Brian, say that you, how much you hated this and just to be like dismissive of it. I think it, to just sit and watch it, just watching the Satan guy do the kills is enough to make the movie entertaining for me. Yeah, I don't know. The the scene where he kills the dad is probably the best scene in the entire movie where the little kid's like, yeah, hey, hey, Satan rivers guts out. Ah! And then like the Satan dude really does come up with a knife and just like stab his dad in the stomach and start like ripping. He's like, oh God, I didn't mean it. Oh, it's real. That's, that's the moment where the kid figures out it's, it's not, it's real. And it's, yeah, it's probably my favorite moment because it makes that kid so sad and nobody likes that kid. So. <laughs> Because there's the other moment, too, where, like, the other kids pull up. Like, there's some bullies that are in the background, and they pull up, and they see Satan do one of the kills, and they run off. And he's like, oh, I can't believe you guys think it's real and all this. And it's like, you're just drawing attention to how stupid your main character is. Because those other kids that just pulled up on their bikes, they can clearly tell this is all real killings. And he still somehow thinks it's a game which doesn't even make sense because it's like a game that would have had to have been set up for his benefit using tons of preparation that he didn't know he was going to be playing. Uh, I'll also say that I have one of my biggest complaints about the movies, the ending. And mostly because if you're going to do that style of ending of, ah, ha, 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 the bad guy got you after all, you know what I mean? Yeah. In, and especially in a slasher movie, you don't have three of the fucking main characters still alive to do that. Like, that's what you do when there's one person left, or maybe two people left. You don't, like, half the fucking cast is still alive, and you go, oh, oh, oh the killer's still around. That's, like, halfway through the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, really, all of the killing is just... Most of it is just random people that get killed. They're have, that are not relevant plot wise at all. I do, I do like the uh, the amount of personality they give to Satan Man. Is they're going through stuff like after he robs the grocery store and the guy comes out and he's like, "Hey, you got to pay for that," and he just like turns around and flips him off and just keeps walking. Yeah, yeah like I think the killer is great. I think I think regardless of what else is going on in this movie I think the Satan killer is awesome he's menacing and funny at the same time and there's just like enough acting going on there where you're just like yeah okay I, I, I'm going to get a good laugh every now and again yeah I don't know movie was Brian, happening, apparently. Brian respectfully disagrees with every positive thing we say about it um, so if I'm if I was still doing like drunken zombie deadly double features, which uh, the point of those was for the audience to come and just completely rip the movies apart while they were playing, and I had the option to show this, I would definitely show it for that reason, but not for like I don't know. This is not a movie I would just sit and watch again. Maybe for like a party atmosphere, I can maybe get into watching it, but yeah, maybe. I think I'll definitely watch this one again, especially like we watched. This is another one I watched free on YouTube. So as long as nobody takes it down, it's just sitting there to be watched. Yeah, I could see myself watching it again next Halloween or something. Yeah, I would. I would call it a conditional recommend. Like if you're into corny horror movies, this is a 
perfectly all right corny horror movie. Yeah, that's not an unreasonable statement. That's, but that's but that's all I got. I can't I can't say that it's like amazing. No, I I don't understand when it's on like people's best of lists and that I don't necessarily get that. I think the, maybe the time it came out is a time when there wasn't a lot of good horror going on and people were still going and renting movies so and they'd watch it once and then not be able to see it again for years. Mm-hmm. And so I think that maybe draws some of the attention to it. Whereas if it were just on Netflix now, a lot of people would turn it on, watch a few minutes and then just turn it off. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't even that. get to see Amanda Plummer wearing chains and having weird lesbian scenes. <laughs> That and would still not be the weirdest part of this movie, probably. Well, because we assumed the lesbian would be her, the other lesbian partner would be her daughter, which would be oh, yeah. a little weirder. You guys have seen Butterfly Kiss, right? No. Oh. 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 So, sounds well, like you, should, you should do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird movie. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right is I'm taken just, aback by the fact that the rest of us enjoy this movie. Is that, that what's is, happening? You're just like, I can't believe they don't all hate it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just scrolling through Facebook while you guys are talking, and the fact they're going to have Stranger, Stranger Things after show on Netflix about Stranger uh, that baffles me. But that's yeah. that's weird, but not necessarily relevant to our current discussion. No. <laughs> but, but then, yeah, uh, whatever. But I yeah. think that's it. I, I can't think of anything else to say about it. Unless no, you guys I'm... want to talk about how funny it is to see somebody in a really bad Jesus costume to be trying to be menacing. Uh, somebody in a really bad Jesus costume who planned ahead and he shot himself in the hand just to make it more real before he got clever. the Jesus Jesus costume. I did, I did think it interesting that they pretty much, they play him off as this kind of like like a whimsical uh, spur of the moment evil guy, mm-hmm. but by the end of the movie, you figure out he's some kind of Bond supervillain esque character who is is ten steps ahead of everybody at every moment. <laughs> I just like that he taped the mom all up and put tape like right over her mouth and everything. So then took her to the party, and every time she was trying to get somebody as his attention, he would just threaten to put tape over her nose. <laughs> he just had, like, that tape ready to go over her nose. Like, I just put that on there, you die she, the whole time. I thought that was hilarious. He kept doing it. And then he just spikes the party's drinks with Drano, the the punch or whatever. Like, And it's it, the way it's shot, it's like something out of, like, an old high school movie where the guy would be putting, like, the booze into the thing to, to spike it. And he's just doing the Drano, and it's like, yeah, everyone would notice that if this were a real movie, we'd have to complain about that. But this is Satan's little helper, so we can just let that go. The bottle said it was um, Drano Max gel, and that was not gel coming out of it. Oh, so that completely pulled me out of the movie. That's that's the problem right there. That was the whole thing. Like I was fine with it up to that point, and I'm just like, this is all bullshit. First the dirt in the last movie, and now the Drano in this one. I can't think of anything right. right. <laughs> Damn it, Hollywood. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, anything else before I move on, I guess? 
conditional recommend, it seems like, from uh, Noah. Yeah. Some yeah, lot of recommend from Doug. Yeah, it's, it's a mild recommend from me. I think it's it works. Don't go into it looking for a serious horror film, and don't go into it looking for like a slapstick comedy. It's this weird middle ground that it tries to walk. Sure. You guys want to hear about the time I met the director? Yeah, go for it. So I was at uh, I was at Toronto International Film Festival, and I'm sitting there waiting for a movie to start. This guy, the guy sitting beside me, starts giving me advice on how to sneak in. He's like, if you, if you know, if you come late, some of those reserved seats up there, some of those people won't show up. But you just got to make sure that the name on it isn't a name you recognize, and then uh, you'd be able to sneak right up there. And if you don't know who the person is that's, in, that's supposed to be in that reserved seat, the people around won't know either. So they'll just assume you're him. And I'm like, all right, that's weird. And then, and then, like I kind of like turned my head away from this crazy guy trying to give me weird advice, and the guy on the other side of me goes, "You, you know, that's Jeff Lieberman that's telling you this stuff, right?" And I'm like, "What is it?" <laughs> like, like, so I like had to come home and like Google the image, and I'm like, "I think it was uh, weird." <laughs> like that's it's weird that this guy who's like movies I own on my shelf are is giving me advice on how to sneak into world premieres. <laughs> Uh, nice. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, does anybody else watch anything this week? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> what did you watch, Noah? Uh, I started watching uh, Mark Marin's TV show. Pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, it's not, in my queue. Not very horror-y, but it's, it's entertaining. And it, I mean, if you like Mark Marin, it's basically his whole shtick made into a sitcom-ass show. I could probably watch the show. I tried listening to his podcast, and I just feel like uh, the dude needs, like, Ritalin or something. He needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah, he does. So, he definitely needs something to keep him on track. Yeah, so he makes me feel manic, and I'm like, I can't I can't listen to this. I gotta, like, li- listen to something else. Uh, and then I watched uh, Puppet Master, because I love Puppet Master. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Class of Newcomb High because <laughs> I was like, I just watched this a few weeks ago. I kind of feel like watching it again. And then because there's something wrong with me, I watched uh, Class of Newcomb High too. Good lord! And then because there's something really, really wrong with me, I watched uh, Class of Newcomb High three. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then I was going to watch. Uh, the the uh, classic Newcomb High or Return to Classic Newcomb High Volume One, but I ran out of time, so I didn't watch that. How unfortunate for you! <laughs> <laughs> so by next week, you'll have that watched three times. Maybe is Volume Two out yet? Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't even know if it is or not. They it totally gets so weird about like that kind of stuff that you don't know if they're making it. Or if they're raising money for it, or if it's done. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 
Brian is having a lot of trouble putting up with your shit this week. No. <laughs> Just saying. That's what they do. Like, they, they'll put out trailers for movies that they don't have the fucking money to make it. <laughs> There's something just crazy about that company that is just, there's something glorious about how insane they are. Uh, and then I watched, I watched something else and I'm trying to remember what it was because I watched something in the middle of the night the other day that was just a random, like I was flipping through YouTube and I was like, oh, what's this? And it was a random slasher movie. Uh, is it Cutting Class? Maybe it was Cutting Class. Maybe. That sounds, that that sounds right. I do believe that's the one that has Brad Pitt in it. I could be wrong. Could be right. I have no idea. Yeah, I can't confirm or deny that. Was it any good? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Yeah, yeah. No, but yes. <laughs> Take that as a you enjoyed it, but you don't recommend it to us. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was cutting class, yeah. It's like Brad Pitt's first movie that uh, he, he tries to pretend he wasn't in. And that's really difficult because all of the re-releases of it have his picture, like, fucking blazoned on the cover. <laughs> I like when they do that to the people who don't who try to deny their horror origins. But you just feel like if Brad Pitt was like, yeah, I was in that movie, it was fun as hell. Like, everybody would be okay with it? Well, especially because it it is Brad Pitt, right? He did, like, he did just do a recurring role as the weatherman in Jim Jeffrey's new show. It's like, if you're going to do that, why would you deny that you were in some slasher movie when (laughs) you did the job? (laughs) It's got got Martin Mull in it, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to end up watching this one day, aren't I? That can backfire. Maybe <laughs> I do. I do like to play the game of let's watch a bunch of movies that have famous people in them way before they were famous. That can be fun. Uh, I mean, we could watch Leprechaun again, but I don't know. Doug and Sky got in a huge fight when we did that last time. <laughs> well, we we already said we're not doing last horror cast movies, so yeah. uh, we're gonna yeah. have to watch Leprechaun two and three. I'm in. And, and in the hood. And in the hood, too. And in space. Well, I mean, obviously, for, for March, for March, we're just going to have to do a Leprechaun Month, and it's just all Leprechaun movies. You guys have no idea how happy I would be if we just did a Leprechaun Month. <laughs> as long as we don't, uh, as long as Easter is not in March, we can totally do that. Yeah, we do have Easter planned now, so. Yeah. Well, I forget what we planned, but... <laughs> <laughs> holiday, holiday movies that aren't Easter. Oh, I was gonna say, don't ruin it on the show. I'm kind of surprised everybody. <laughs> Critters two. Critters, Critters two, two is, the, is the only worthy Easter movie. That's, all, that's very true. <clears throat> Although I've never seen Easter Casket. Have you guys seen Easter Casket? <laughs> no, but that's the greatest title ever made. Is that the one from Dustin Mills? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. No. No, we'll probably love it. You probably will. That's true. Um, this guy's supposed to be a, <laughs> this guy's supposed to be a priest, and it's very obvious he's just wearing a black shirt with like a strip of paper around the collar to make him look like a priest. Yeah, 
That's pretty much the main qualification, isn't it? This isn't pretty much. Oh, and I rewatched I rewatched uh, Found because Found is oh amazing. Found is awesome. Yeah, that's one I should rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, if you've never seen Found, watch Found. For yeah, search sakes. it out. It's totally worth it. Yeah, um, I'll agree to that. I've straight up said since the first time I watched it, it has the most fucked up final final frame of, of horror that I've ever seen. So, um, yeah. The guys uh, who made it can kind of be assholes, but really? they made a, but they made a really good movie. I don't know about that. But. You got to separate the artist from the art. I don't know. We were kind of dealing with them with the film festival, and they were kind of like flaky flaky douchebags. No. I never had any problems with them as far as film festival stuff went. So um did you watch anything else? I think that was it. Right. Doug, what did you watch? Wow. Yeah, slow, slow week for Noah. Well you know damn well that I watched Better Watch Out because you sent me a link to it. And that's what's going on. Oh happen. yeah. So, I I still haven't watched it so Yeah I, <laughs> You sent the link, whatever, Friday morning. I watched it Friday afternoon, I think. <laughs> I, t- I totally went to watch that, and then I watched Boston <laughs> Newcomb High instead for some reason. <laughs> Did he choose wisely or poorly, Doug? He chose poorly. It was. A, I really liked this movie. Um, nice. I thought it was, it was a really fun watch. It is the basic setup. We mentioned it last week is Home Alone is a horror movie. Um, so it's kid and babysitter are in the house there's going to be a home invasion um it's a lot more complicated than that and there are a lot of twists and turns that i won't spoil till you guys see it because i'm definitely going to recommend you watch it but it's not it's not just that straightforward of a concept it's not just you know it's not home alone it's not just the rest of the movie is them trying to get in um so, uh, but it's a very kind of fun movie to watch. It was a little bit more lighthearted than what I was expecting, uh, but that's okay. Probably make like a really good team up with the babysitter, which is a movie I recommended last year oh, or nice. last week. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, I, I thought it was. It's it, it is a more serious horror film, but it's not. It doesn't take itself too serious. So therefore, when it gets into the sort of ridiculous horror elements, you just kind of go with it. Um, and I, yeah. I, I want to say more about it, but I want you guys to see it first so that we can have a proper discussion about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Nice. And I've been told, watch it without seeing the trailer. So if you're yeah. trying to decide, don't I've use the trailer. I've seen the trailer decide. already. But, oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen the trailer, so I can't I can't confirm or deny whether <laughs> the trailer is uh, worth watching, but I watched it because I had a link to it in my... <laughs> just like... I literally uh, like yeah. was on Netflix and I had like I have like you know the I don't know if you guys have this feature in your past Netflix you didn't used to but you can set up like the list of movies that you want to watch and I'm yeah. like, flipping through because I'm I'm flipping through that going like I want to watch all of these and I can't decide which one and then I look over at my computer and like the link is still there because I don't always close down the windows when I'm done on things and I'm like oh that link is just staring at me I better watch that movie <laughs> and I couldn't for the life of me when I click the link I'm like I don't even remember what the movie is like, I have no, I, I'm, I'm clicking on this and I don't remember <laughs> what the discussion was we had that led to them sending me this link but oh well yeah. uh, for those listening at home it is a, an official screener link from the company so 
Yes, we, sorry. Just, we're not... Uh, yeah, this is not stolen. Yes. Right. Yeah, sorry, I, I guess I should have been more specific. But um, Maybe we should all three watch it and give it an official review since they were kind yeah. enough to send in a screener. Yeah, it's kind of a weird time of year to be reviewing it because it's definitely a, a Christmas movie. At least it's set at Christmas. Um, and the Christmas. Well, Christmas season started like five weeks ago, so... Yeah, I refuse to, I refuse to acknowledge that, but... Um, anyways, yeah, I, it's it's a fun movie. People should watch it. Uh, I think maybe we could even work it into an episode closer to when it's actually Christmas and not when it's supposed to be Halloween. Interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to uh, get around to watching it if the link still works. So it's been uh, it's been on my list to watch, but I don't know. Been busy this week. I don't think I'd ever heard of it until you. Uh, until you told you mentioned it, and then I'm just like, "All right, I'll watch anything." So, <laughs> I don't know. Part of me still just feels special when we get screener links. I'm like, "Oh, that's nice." They want us to watch this movie for free. <laughs> I have to say whether I liked it or not at the end. Uh, what else did you watch? Uh, only other thing I did, I started watching the TV series Slasher. Oh yeah, it's been on my list to watch as well. Yeah, um, so the first season is basically it's the setup is it opens on a slasher kill, um, guy in like cool costume kills his family, whatever it is supposed to be. Twenty five years later or whatever, the daughter of the family moves back into the house where her parents were killed and is coming back to her hometown. Um, of course, the killings start up again and the whole series is supposedly going to be about the investigation into what's going on. Um, I'm only two episodes in, so I don't really know if that's actually how the whole series plays out yet or not. But it's definitely something that appeals to me where it's just like, what would happen if we tried to make a slasher into an actual series? Um, now, there are some issues with it because it is very soap opery. Um, so the main character, her husband, is like a newspaper writer which is an issue in and of itself that they're still making characters into newspaper writers <laughs> in new shows. But uh, he, there's a lot of him doing like the, well, you can't try to make my wife the center of the story. And it's like, well, she is the victim of a slasher killer who moved back to town. And then the slashing killing started up again. If you work at the newspaper, you got to assume your wife's going to get written about. Yeah. <laughs> and he has like the classic line. He's like, Oh, what you just want to do it. So you can sell more papers. And it's like, again, you work at the, newspaper you want them to sell more papers this is gonna be an odd like you know how many of your competitors have gone out of business because they didn't sell enough papers yeah that's this is your career choice buddy if you don't want to be involved don't be involved but that that aspect of it sort of bothered me and there's like some other really soap opera moments um and some stuff that just kind of feels shoehorned in to try to be cool and hip and you're just like yeah okay I see what you're trying to do here and I'll get me back to the killer guy um, the part I like the most of the show is that they have the uh, they have the guy that did the first killing he's in jail so it's sort of like a Hannibal Lecter type situation where they go back and they talk to him to try to help him figure out what the who's doing the current killings and I, thought, I think that stuff's pretty interesting with them sitting across the table, like hit this girl sitting across the table from the guy who killed her parents, like asking him questions, trying to get him to help out. And he's not really that interested in it. 
don't know. Uh, so I'm going to probably watch the rest of it. It's only eight episodes, I think the first season, or ten maybe. Um, so I'll probably give it a watch, and maybe I can let you know later whether it's actually good enough that you should put your time into it. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm definitely interested in. So, Yeah, I, I really like the idea of taking Slasher and trying to make a series out of it. I don't know how successful anyone has been doing that in the past. Like I tried to watch the stream TV series, and I thought that was, again, way too oh. soap opery for me. Yeah, see, I, I kind of enjoy the Scream uh, television series. But I could understand why somebody wouldn't like it. Yeah, it was, it was just... it. I think with the Scream series, like it came down to the simple fact like there was a line of dialogue really early in that series where they were like, they said something to the effect of like, this is a series, it's not an individual movie, so you can't just be in it for the kills. You have to really care about the relationships and you have to care about the characters. And I thought, like, that's great. That's a great meta thing to point out. And consistent with the concept of making a Scream TV show is that you point out the meta facts. But then I don't care about whether so-and-so makes the cheerleading squad. I don't care about whether that relationship ends or not. So I'm going to turn your show off now. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. I think I made it through the first season of it. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to go back to that. <laughs> Well, they're rebooting it now, so... They're rebooting it? Yeah. Gross. Uh, it, how, how long has it been since it was on the air? Well, it's like last year. Okay. So that's what we're doing um, now. We're just going to stop like ongoing properties and just reboot them right when they're still please happening? Please it's Scream 2, the series. Oh, Cause, that'd be Because that would be hilarious. That'd be genius. Um, yeah, they did, like, uh, they did the first season... They do it for the second. I don't remember, but they had a Halloween special, which I thought was awesome, since that's perfect for that kind of show, rather than like yeah. a Christmas special. Um, they did a second season, and they left it on sort of a not like a direct cliffhanger, but enough where they could have left it on. Uh, it leaves you wondering, like, oh shit, like, this is probably was going to be season three. And apparently they felt it didn't do well enough, so they pretty much just fired the entire cast, and apparently Queen Latifah's going to be involved with the next season, so... Oh, that's a real selling point for me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're just going for that weird meta route where it's like, well, we've obviously failed now, so let's bring in Queen Latifah to fully tell everybody that we've failed, and we'll do, it, we'll do the third season, which, you know, thir- season three is usually when everything falls apart. Rudger Hauer will play the mayor. <laughs> yeah, but, are you talking about the Queen Latifah, right? Like, yeah, there's yeah. another one that I don't know about. No, the Queen Latifah. All right, oh, please tell me there's another Queen Latifah because that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that Queen Latifah. The other one. There's another one. It's like Queen J Latifah because they can't both be on IMDb with the same name. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, all right, anything else? No, that's all I had time for this week. Uh, I didn't really have time to watch much either, but um, one of my uh, usual double features that I host at my house every once in a while uh, was this weekend. And we watched uh, Night of the Creeps and Slither. Nice. And Noah was too busy moving just to attend. I'm so tired. 
<laughs> to which I told him like, oh, just just tell you know one, another one of my brilliant plans. I'm like, oh, just just tell the woman that you got something you got to do, and uh, come to the uh, double feature while she's moving everything. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. the problem with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So everybody had a good time. Night of the Creeps is you know fucking awesome and. Uh, I tried to point out to everybody where the uh, Monster Squad references in it, but nobody saw it because I didn't point it out when it was actually on screen. I'm just like, it's in the scene. Did anybody see it? And then, like, nobody saw it. So, good on everybody else. Um, then Slither, which I haven't watched in a long time. Um, I was super happy to revisit that. Uh, just a fun movie. I love Nathan Fillion anyway, so just watching him in this movie was fucking yes. awesome. But, uh, seeing, uh, you know, James Gunn doing his stuff before he blew up to be, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy's James Gunn. It's kind of sad to me that he's not going to get to do stuff like that anymore. Uh, I think he still will, but I just don't... I, I don't think that that's true. Really? Uh, pretty much he the the way he picks projects and stuff I think that he's going to be a big budget director for the rest like uh, I don't know unless unless he flops I don't know I feel like he's still got the quirky, the quirky uh, director in him I think is still he's still going to want to pick projects that he can do for a lower budget and keep control over but I don't know, we'll see. Um, he I think was, we'll get his like return one day where he does like his version of uh, "Drag Me to Hell." Yeah. Just goes back to his roots. Well, he wrote uh, the Belko experiment, which came out last year or this year or whenever. Um, which I know is not quite the same, but you know he got a little bit of his quirkiness into another movie, which had a lower budget than you know the giant mainstream movies. Um, but uh, I watched it on the uh, Screen Factory Blu-ray, so of course it looked awesome, and I'm s- super happy to see that he uh, absolutely loves this movie. So he had no problem coming in to do like interviews and stuff for all the special features. Uh, I believe he did a brand new commentary for it. Um, and I follow him on Facebook, so I know when the Blu-ray came out, he was like pimping it all over the place. So, I'm just happy to see when, even when directors get super huge, they still go back and are excited when people are excited about their older movies before anybody even knew who they were. Yeah, that's good. Um, Makes me maintain some respect for them compared to the guys that just kind of walk away from that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, The funny thing is, because, you know, there is a Lloyd Kaufman cameo, of course, in this movie. And... Apparently Lloyd Kaufman brought his video camera, so Lloyd Kaufman has video diaries of him like hanging out on the set and whatever. Of course he does. <laughs> and it's funny because Lloyd Kaufman's sitting there talking, you know, on his way to uh, on his way to uh, where they're shooting, like in the car and stuff, driving from the airport. And he's talking. He's like, "Yes, I'm I'm playing sad drunk, which is which is good for me because it's basically just me playing me." But then he's talking about how he has one line in the movie. He's like, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to ad-lib another line on top of it to try to get more screen time in the movie. 
so even though he's just like James Gunn just like wants him to come on set like to have fun and stuff, he's still figuring out a way how he could get more screen time in the movie, even though he's just like a cameo part. Oh, Uncle Lloyd! But then it was funny because he practiced. You see him practicing like this whole whole thing of how he's going to say it so he can get the other line in. And then uh, it turns out his line was cut from the movie anyway. Yeah. So, so all you do is you see him sitting in the police station. like He doesn't even get a line in the movie, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so big recommend. I'd pick up the Slither Blu-ray if you get a chance. Screen Factory always puts out good stuff. And Transfer looks good, and all the special features are good. And Yeah. Just a big fan of uh, Slither altogether. I haven't watched in a while. And the funny thing is, he claims James Gunn claims he's never seen Night of the Creeps before, before he made this movie. Really? Which I call kind of bullshit because if you look at it, it's just like, come on, all this for the celebs. I mean, that stuff's just like taken like directly from Night of the Creeps, and like I don't really care. Like it's still a great movie, so whatever. But it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, but watch them back to back. If you get a chance, watch uh, Night of the Creeps and uh, Slither back to back. A lot of fun. And that's all I had for the week. Oh yeah, I did go see uh, Happy Death Day. Oh yeah, I'm with it. Uh, I liked it. I think it would have been a better movie if it had been rated R. And. Uh, a little more balls to the wall. I, I think they spent way too much time setting up jokes to to effectively do a lot of the cool things that they could have done with it. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, I've seen other people say, oh, I would have liked this if it was a radar movie, but I don't know, to me it just doesn't feel like this doesn't feel like it, it is a radar movie. If that makes sense. Like, there's nothing in it that, well, if this was a rated R movie, this would have been ramped up, like, 20% or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like in a movie that basically has a vehicle for, like, infinite, fast-sequence kills... Sure. It loses something whenever all the kills are cutaways. Yeah, but to be fair, like, every time she dies, she wakes up again. So we never really get to see like the direct kills because as soon as she's dead, like it's like move on the next scene. Yeah, but, but yeah, besides that, it was it was fun. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I'd buy it when it comes out. But sure, I probably it, won't either. But it was worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Noah said enthusiastically. It was worth long pause seeing. (laughs) I I just think my biggest issue with is is, as a fan of horror movies it's not enough of a horror movie and as a fan of comedies it's not enough of a comedy. (laughs) So it falls in it, instead of being a good balance or better at one or the other. It's just kind of lackluster at both, and 
that's that's where it falls like I, I don't know if I would recommend people paying theater prices to go see it but if you've got movie pass <laughs> movie pass yeah so what did you not go see instead I don't remember well, they were showing Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, and Geostorm's out, Snowman's out. Although, I have yet to hear a single person say one good thing about the Snowman, so I might skip that one. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at, too. I, I, from the trailer, I really wanted to see that movie. And then I just heard nothing but horrible, awful, awful things. So... I've just been like, oh, that's not good. And yeah. I see like, see like reports of the director saying like, yeah, we didn't shoot like fifteen percent of the script because we ran out of time and money. Yeah, that's what I'm like, oh. When the director's just kind of like, yeah, that's why this movie sucks. That's kind of why I've been sort of check out of kind of wanting to see it. Well, see, I went back and forth on that movie because originally I heard there was a movie coming out called The Snowman that was being marketed to horror fans, and I'm like, in killer snowman this is going to be awesome and then i found out that's not what it was and i'm like i'll take it off the list (laughs) and then i saw the trailer and i'm like oh it actually looks kind of interesting but yeah then the reviews are just atrocious some of them are hilarious like i read one that said like if aliens came down to earth and watched our movies and then attempted to communicate with us by making a movie and showing it to us, this is what would be the results. <laughs> like, oh, shit. That's not a compliment, I don't think. No. But it kind of goes to what you're saying with them not shooting all of the script. Like, if yeah. you're missing that much material, how do you put the movie together? How could you possibly end up with a good product, even if everything you shot is done well? Mm. You can't edit around not having 15% of your script. And that's what I've heard is the big thing. It seems very disjointed and stuff just there's no logical sense to some of the through lines of the movie and i'm like yeah it's because they didn't film 15 percent of it the script so that's probably why here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future uh next week we are fulfilling a a request obligation from a month ago (laughs) and we are going to do the australian horror film razorback which is spoiler and uh, Daddy's Deadly Darling, a.k.a. Pigs. Never seen either, so I'm excited. Yeah, these are both uh, both ones that I've been on my list for a long time. How, I never got around to, so. How in the sweet fuck have you people never seen Razorbacks? <laughs> I've never had the opportunity to. It's just, that uh, it, that's one of those ones I just assume every horror fan seen Razorbacks. And that's that's not unreasonable. I feel bad about the fact that I haven't seen it. I'm glad I'm taking it off the list. Yeah, I mean, ever since I've seen... Um, uh, oh, what the fuck is that documentary? Um, not Quite Hollywood. Yeah, ever since I saw Not Quite Hollywood, I kind of wanted to see it, but... No, oh, yeah, the, the, the one that's about Australian exploitation. Yeah. 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 So, I'm excited. I'm excited to check it out. Australians make good movies, man. Yeah, I know. We need to do some more Australian movies. I kind of want to do road games because I've never seen that before either. I think I've um, seen that one. Which, who's in that one? Do you remember? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach. Right. I've seen that one. Like, good one. Riding in a semi. Yeah. We should do Mad Max at some point. The actual totally first. The first one. 
because I feel like Road Warrior gets a whole lot of like talk time, but nobody ever talks about the first movie. I have the uh, Scream Factory uh, Blu-ray of it, so I'm totally Dude, done with that. Nice. Maybe I'll have to drive up to there and we can watch that one. As everybody has, has apparently figured out, I buy a lot of stuff from Scream Factory. So yeah, you're pretty much why Scream Factory is still a company. <laughs> and and I, I sadly look at their website and go, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> they just had a fifty percent off sale like a couple weeks ago, and so I picked up Terror Train because I did not have that one yet, and then I pulled the trigger on buying Teen Wolf. And Teen Wolf 2 on Blu-ray. Well, sure, you got to do that. Yeah, because they had both of them, and I'm like, well, I could just get the first one, but, man, come on, you can't buy the first one without the second one. Feels like Teen Wolf 2 should come free with Teen Wolf. That's the way I see it. (laughs) Yeah. There are some special features. Surprisingly, Jason Bateman did not come back to talk about it. Oh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about, like, a low point in your career. When you're like, oh, yeah. they, can't get Michael, they can't get Michael J. Fox back. Would you do this? And you're like, well, the Hogan family just got canceled. I guess I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I, I have the uh, first three seasons of Arrested Development on DVD. And on one, of the, one of the special features, it's like behind the scenes. And it's a Will Arnett and Jason Bateman like going to their trailer. And they just run into each other. And, of course, there's a camera there. So they start like... So Will Arnett just starts heckling Jason Bateman about how his movie career never took off. He's like, yeah, so Game Wolf 2, huh? Really, uh, didn't really work out. Didn't really work out, huh? Jason Bateman's just like, no, no, that didn't work. And then apparently they used to pull pranks on each other where they would open up a can of sardines and put it in each other's trailer. But try to, like, hide it so it just smelled in there and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I wish I had the type of career where I just never had to grow up and I could just be doing shit like that while I'm <laughs> what's working. Yeah, I know, right? Heckling your co-star for being in Teen Wolf 2 and then leaving sardines in his trailer. Yeah, if I walked around my office accusing people of being in Teen Wolf 2, I think I'd get really weird looks. Yeah, I mean, Tony would probably uh, say totally that he was in it. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I was totally in Teen Wolf 2. I could get away with the sardine thing, maybe. Just wait till somebody's not in their cubicle. <laughs> Wheels are turning yeah. in my head right now. <laughs> you put you put me in any fucking shitty movie you want, and I'll be on the uh, the convention circuit for the rest of my life. Signing <laughs> that one stupid picture. It's got to be more fun than having a real job, right? Right. Probably. Uh, you know, one of my friends for their senior prank that they did took like raw hamburger and didn't just put it like in their their friend's car took it and like grabbed chunks of it and smeared it under the bottom of their driver's seat oh. so there was like no way of getting that smell out of their car like ever <laughs> I was like that's kind of rude <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far I don't know if they were friends after that. that yeah, that's a, a little far. <laughs> there's a random find it thrown out. <laughs> there's a random episode of that '70s show where Hyde's talking about he got into uh, Ashton Kutcher's character's van and rubbed nacho cheese underneath one of the seats. 
<laughs> and they're like, why? And he's like, because now his van smells like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Because it's like, nacho cheese isn't really that unpleasant of an odor. But if you think about, like, if you had to, like, smell nacho cheese all of the time, <laughs> you'd go crazy. I think still enjoy it. Like compared to what your car smells like after you just don't do anything to clean it for a long time, nacho cheese I think might be an improvement. <laughs> Probably wouldn't make it any worse. Actually, I'm going to start thinking of that. It's kind of like when your car is not working, you just turn up the radio. If your car ever starts to smell bad, I'm just going to put some nacho cheese in there. Better <laughs> <laughs> cleaning it. Mm, nice. Found one cup holder, but it smells better. <laughs> You're just gonna have like a, like a, a vat of like nacho cheese in your cup holder. Yeah, <laughs> it's so gross. Now just imagine you driving down the driving down the road with like a bag of chips, like dipping it into your cup holder. I'm just really worried what happens when I put my Timmy's down in the wrong spot. It's just like, oh, now it's uh, everywhere. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.